This podcast is presented by 323 Entertainment. You can find this show and more wherever you stream podcasts and music. And while you're there, please follow, rate, and review. And if you want to help us continue to grow and get better while also getting exclusive releases and free merch, please support the 323 on Patreon at patreon.com slash 323read. You can subscribe for as little as $2. $2! That's patreon.com slash 323read, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash 323-R-E-I-D. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 323. I am your host, Reed Murphy, joined on this, I believe it'll be a Friday morning. We'll call it Friday morning by this truly, absolutely, legitimately salty motherfucker, Scott Elia. Oh, uh, yeah. I see what you did there. Ah, he's got pretzel salt in his eye. It hurts. <laughs> what do you think would hurt more in the eye, salt or cinnamon? Oh, I think salt, because salt, I feel like, is a lot more granule than, than cinnamon is, and cinnamon's more like a powder. Even mm-hmm. though cinnamon has that spice to it, I think having the annoying, you can feel the salt in your eye. Did you ever do the cinnamon challenge? Yes. Have the more times, I'd like I to admit. <laughs> Wait, what? How many it's times? More time- <laughs> oh, I thought um, you said four. <laughs> no, not four. I <laughs> Probably like two or three. Like, learn your damn lesson. <laughs> I never did it. I didn't. I. I don't know. I just didn't trust myself. I thought I would die. The ice no, bucket I mean, challenge was enough for me. Right. I mean, that was in my heyday, in my in my prime, doing that kind of stuff. Like the that and like, have you ever have you ever done like the gallon milk challenge before? Did you ever try that one? I did try that. I think I threw up. I threw up halfway. I, I think the most. I think the furthest I ever got was like the littlest little bit left in the gallon, and it just wasn't going to stay down. There was a night when I was a kid, my buddy Joseph said that he could like shoot milk out of his eyes. Like he could like, do the crying milk thing that some kids can do. <laughs> and so this was like, I think like 1 a.m. on like a Friday night when we were like 11. And so he was trying to do that. And then me and his little brother, this is, it's, it's gross for the listening audience, but <laughs> dive into my life here a little yeah. bit. Me and his little brother were having like a farting competition, and I was nice. trying to see like how far I could make the little brother go. And then eventually, the little brother shit himself. Everything. <laughs> I was crowning. Joseph was crying milk and throwing up a little bit from the milk. It was a messy one. Imagine, can you imagine be one of the parents just walking into that room and just seeing that scene in front of them. You're like, what the? You just slowly back away from it. It's like Homer Simpson backing into the hedges, just like, nope, I'm not I mean, addressing this right now. Only bad things would happen. At 1 a.m. And we were Mormon. Like, we were very, like, that was, oh, yeah. that was very church time, too. So, like, this was as bad as, like, a Mormon kid could get. I was about to say, that adds a whole other layer that I didn't even think about. <laughs> we were wrestling one night. It's how I broke my thumb. It's the only injury, the only broken bone I've ever had, is we were doing wrestling, like, down in their basement. Right. And I picked up, like, their really, like, lightweight kind of sectional couch and everything right. super light, you know, the 12 year old or however old I was could throw it, picked it up, right. threw it at Joseph. Everything. Oh. I thought that was the kill below that'll end the whole match. And he was laid out. He was just laid there. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, 
he started crying and me and his little brother went to check on him. And I realized really quickly, I was like, oh, this asshole's faking it. Before I could do anything, he like kicked me in the chest. He had already stopped the crying. Spartan kicked you? Sparta kicked me like kangaroo kicked me almost in the chest, knocked me back. And then he, <laughs> as his form of revenge, he picked up his little brother and he threw his little brother at me. <laughs> and, that, and his little brother just landed on my thumb and just like bent it like all the way back. <laughs> it was purple and black. And my mom asked how it happened. And I said, I fell out of a tree, which was not a response for a black mom because she was like, Why were you? What the hell are you doing in a tree? What are you doing in a tree? Right. <laughs> Put your black ass out of that tree. What are you doing? And she didn't. I can, I can hear your mom saying that in my head as we're speaking. Yeah. She did not know what the What are you doing in that tree? Statue of limitations. I did not tell the truth about the injury until I was like 22. <laughs> oh. We got a lot to get into tonight. This is the picks. This is the pregame show of sorts. We do have some like quick things to mention, like uh, Aaron Judge. I was seeing all that. I was seeing this whole big deal about Aaron Judge hitting 61 home runs. He could finish the regular season with 63 home runs. He just uh, he tied somebody's record. Who was it? It was um, Maris. He tied oh, Maris's Roger, record. Oh, Roger Maris. Yes. He, Tied Roger Maris's record, and then they said he was like six all time, on like for whatever like the actual season record is. He's like six. Really? I think he doesn't like actually come close to it. Let me look that up just to make sure. Well, because I know Barry Bonds has had it since oh two thousand one. I think he had seventy three. So yeah, he's still twelve behind even hitting that. Like how many games are left in the regular season? And you have like a lot of purists arguing, well, Judge should, if Judge hits 62, he should have it and everything because those were fake home runs. Oh, yeah. Because I mean, you got the, I mean, you got everybody above him as of right now have all been, you know, part of the whole steroid implications in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Barry's one, Barry Bonds is number one at 73. And then behind him is Mark McGuire at 70, Sammy Sosa at 66. McGuire again at 65, Sosa again at 64 and 63, and now Aaron Judge at 61. So that's why they're making a big deal about it, interrupting college, like very minor college football games to show the home run. I don't care. You're, be, get to number one. Get to number one, Judge. Right. They're only making a big deal. They're making a big deal out of this because he's a Yankee. And he might not see, even be a Yankee. Who knows? <laughs> no, see, that's the thing, because you know the whole New York faithful were just – hating life in the late 90s, early 2000s when it was Sosa and Maguire going back and forth for as yeah. many years they were doing it and then finally taking it. And then Barry Bonds again in 2001 with the 73. They want the top three home run hitters of all time to be Yankees with Ruth, 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 Ruth Maris, and then Aaron, now Aaron Judge. Look at that, Babe Ruth. First great black baseball player. Right. That's a conversation for another day. No, that's, <laughs> a, that's a conversation you can get into because I've had that conversation with people in the past. They're like, and I'm on the side of like it being true, and people just they don't they. I tell them to look into it, and they get their minds blown. All they gotta do is look at pictures of him. Like, there's like a picture of him with like a black crowd of fans, and you right. see, and you're like, it was like, hmm, hmm, the babe. I think he was dubbing. <laughs> Duh, babe. <laughs> Same with Beethoven. 
apparently. I think it was really? Beethoven. I think it's that Beethoven. It's either Beethoven or um, not Mozart, but uh, or Bach. One of the two was black, if not both. Huh. Interesting. The more you that know. one I had to look into. Meanwhile, the UFC, very strange thing that came out. The Saturday UFC card was closed off to media and public audiences with no reason given by Dana White except, quote, unquote, to give the media a night off. Now, nobody could figure out why, but then women's strawweight contender Mackenzie Dern said that it was actually Mark Zuckerberg that's the reason that this has happened. And Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> rented out the entire thing. She she was expecting a crowd. A lot of the fighters were expecting and excited for a crowd. And now they don't know if it's just going to be like Zuckerberg there or it's, him and his wife. It's, just, for, it's, like, just, it's literally just him <laughs> in a whole arena. That's just wild. I mean, if he's got the money to have that kind of a pull, thankfully the fighters will still get paid. But you got to think about the, the mindset of these fighters, how much they feed off of the audience reactions during that fight. Right. And how vastly different it would be in a damn near empty state uh, arena with Mark Zuckerberg's reptilian face looking at you the whole time. Right. And it's not like, you know, it's not like Pat McAfee if he bought it and, you know, was the only person in there. And you'd still have like a lot of energy from that crowd, from that one audience member. It's Zuckerberg, who's like the most reptilian robot alien person that you can get. Do you remember the Zuckerberg video from a couple years back of him barbecuing with his buddies? <laughs> That's the energy that I feel like he would bring to the UFC. I didn't even, I never would have even pinned him as being, you know, even a UFC enthusiast, let alone like a, even a casual fan. Right. That's just strange to me. Joe Rogan's going to lean back. What'd you think about that, Mark? It was good. <laughs> he just. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he has his meta, his meta goggles on. He's, not even <laughs> He's watching a meta UFC fight. <laughs> That's something I'm hoping that actually starts happening. And I like they've been tipping at it in the near future. Having you can go into like VR goggles and go to sporting events that way. Well, yeah, I think they tried. They were trying to test that out during the um, the bubble finals for the NBA. Yeah. And they kind of had that going a little bit. I mean, they had people, you know, the virtual crowd sitting behind, but I think they did actually test out like a VR, like you can sit on the court right. and watch this like you're there. Oh, my gosh. Oh, people could get like all of their, you know, the weird Karen racist shit that they try to do to like LeBron and try to touch oh, the people God. spit on them and they're just spitting on their own like living room carpet. It'll be fantastic. Oh, that's. Karens will pay high end money for that. That's another topic we can get into in a little bit. My feelings about having courtside seats that like that. Get caught on camera with your virtual mistress. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Whoops. Oh, and now we have college football coming up Saturday, but it's a weird college football weekend. Uh, Scott, you usually bring our previews here. What's weird about this one as Hurricane Ian has – I. I haven't even seen the reports really out of Florida yet and out right. of Tampa. I've seen videos of like a shark swimming in the streets of Fort Myers. It's an awful hurricane that's come through and it's making its way up the coast. Now we're going to start seeing some rain and storms from it tomorrow here in Virginia. Right. How is this affecting yeah. the college football slate? 
Um, so big games this weekend that are going to be affected by this. Um, one we'll dive into a little bit deeper, the Wake Forest-Florida State game. They're playing at Florida State and Tallahassee. They're going to still play in Tallahassee as scheduled. Um, like you mentioned, um, Ian hit, made landfall just south of Tampa and Fort Myers, went across the state. Now it's hooking back around again into South Carolina. So worst case scenario in Tallahassee, it's going to be a little bit of rain, but we'll get into that in a little bit. It's going to be curious to see. You lived in Tampa, and and this hurricane has been fascinating me because I've been hearing it's like the perfect, like the perfect storm scenario for in terms of destruction to hit right. Tampa Bay. In that Tampa Bay is like filled with old infrastructure that they never really had to prepare for a catastrophic yeah, hurricane to hit. It's- it's fairly rare for a hurricane to go into the Gulf and then hook around like that to go across the state the other way. You know, Tampa has been rocked by its fair share of, of hurricanes, but it's usually after it makes landfall, once it hits landfall, it usually dif- dissipates a little bit. What's that word I'm looking for? Um, dissip- oh, I almost said it too. Depre- it, depreciates. It, it depreciates. <laughs> what, whatever, whatever, um, um, SAT where I was trying to look for it, it dies down going across the state. So by the time it reaches Tampa, it's it's not as bad as it is. Um, but yeah, so a lot of old infrastructure. No, <laughs> <laughs> dissipates. That's the word I'm looking dissipates. for. It, it dissipates. Um, but yeah, so I think that and there's been already you know massive amounts of damage in you know Fort Myers and the Tampa area. So hearts and my thoughts and prayers go out to everybody in Florida being affected right now. I've been talking, you know, all day with some people I still keep in contact with down there. And they're saying it's just wild. The amount of flooding that's going on right now. I can't imagine it. a category four. I can't imagine. Cause we, the closest we've had here, at least in my life in Virginia, we had hurricane Isabel. Yep. I believe back in 2003 or 2004. Something it was right near the tsunami, near the time mm-hmm. of the tsunami. But we had Isabel, and I believe that was a cat two, maybe. Yep. I think it may have peaked to a cat two. And that was shit was wild. We had another hurricane a few years back, and or maybe 10 by now, in the derecho, which was the weirdest meteorolo- meteorological, meteorological. It was the weirdest weather <laughs> shit that could have hit us out of nowhere. No, but I remember yeah. those ones, you know, all too well, too, because that's when I was still living in, you know, Virginia. Well, we actually had just moved to Virginia back in early 2001, 2002. So that was kind of intense to see, you know, Isabel come through and living in the woods of Virginia, of Spotsylvania County, just seeing trees just getting just pummeled over. That was an eye-opening experience. But for a, um, a, cat, a cat four to hit a city that's literally built on a bay during the king tide which i've heard mm-hmm. about the king tide when the water is at its highest yeah right now it's insane so yeah like you said all true thoughts and prayers are with the people of florida and the people of the coast now that the thing is back to a hurricane and moving mm-hmm. into the carolinas it's going to be it's going to be a rough season yeah, because there's a couple of games in Carolina that got changed around now too. Um, like the Georgia Southern Coastal Carolina game, it's at it's at Coastal Carolina. They moved it from what did I see earlier today. It's it was supposed to be scheduled for four on Saturday, and I think they moved it to seven, so that's going to be more of a night game. Right. Um, the UCF, the Central, the UCF and SMU game that was supposed to happen on Saturday afternoon. Um, is getting moved to Sunday. 
the, like I said, the Florida State game didn't get changed. The Florida game, the Eastern Washington and Florida game got also got moved to Sunday away from Saturday at noon kickoff. So they get an mm-hmm. extra day to assess damage there. And then uh, big, bigger ones would be the ECU game changed venues completely. It was originally scheduled South Florida versus ECU at seven at Raymond James. But that's not happening anymore. Nope. Um, so they changed the site to the home stadium for Florida Atlantic um, there since they'll be in Texas playing a game out there. And then you got the South Carolina and South Carolina State game being moved from Saturday at noon. And it'll now be played. It should be on right now. I think it got moved to tonight at 7. Wow. Last I checked. And that's just a couple that I knew. Yeah. And then you were talking about Wake Forest and Florida State. And I know, yeah, you've had issues with how Wake Forest is trying to handle this. Right. Well, so like I said, it's Wake Forest versus Florida State. It's a huge game, you know, not only for me personally, the Florida State fan, but just for college football in general. You know, Wake Forest is ranked number 22, Florida State's 23, both in the ACC. So this game has huge ACC implications for the rest of the season. This first time that FSU has been ranked for the last six years. Um, But head coach for Wake Forest, uh, Dave Clawson came out with a couple quotes. You know, you certainly saying stating like you certainly hope that the ACC will make the right decision. If they don't, we will. We're not going to travel down there and put anyone at risk. But he lacks the geographical knowledge of Florida and Tallahassee's up on the Panhandle, like six hours from Tampa. Right. Yeah, they're going to get rain, but they're nowhere even near where the storm is going to be. So, but. Like I said, the game's still on normal time for Saturday, so we'll we'll see what happens between now and then. We'll see what the coach decides. He's gonna make it up. Don't worry. Wake Forest's coach has got this. I mean, even Leon County. So Leon County is where Tallahassee's at. They were in school today. Like they, they were closed. They right. were in school. They were in school. So I don't know what's going on. I think he was just looking for an excuse to bitch. Of course. As we always are. All of us look for that. <laughs> it's, it's, Flor- it's Florida. Weather's going to be insane. We saw that from this past weekend with the Dolphins-Bills game. Something we didn't really bring up. We talked about it a little bit, about how bad the weather was in that game. As we're recording, Dolphins are playing the Bengals. Uniforms look sick. Looks Crispy. awesome. Beautiful matchup tonight. That Dolphins-Bills game, Stefan Diggs was on the Dan Levitard show with Stu Gotts earlier this week and talking about how badly that weather was for them, especially the Bills, because Miami Dolphins Hard Rock Stadium is set up. So there's finally structure for shade in the building, shade for everywhere but the opposing team sideline. So they right. had that blaring Miami sun falling on them. Stephon Diggs said he's never felt worse after a game, he said he was having full body cramps, which I didn't right. know was a thing that just feels like a stroke or a seizure or something that could be happening to you in that moment. Listen, I feel for him. I saw those. I saw that quote earlier um, when he was on the, the show as well. But I mean, you got to think about it. You play the game. It's the yeah. game. It's the, you know, it's it's home field advantage. It's Miami. They're going to do what they need to do. They don't have to put shade on your side of the stadium. No. Florida State has it set up the same way. To where when the sun set when the sun is you know pretty much at its highest, Florida State's sideline has shade, but the other side doesn't. That's when you have that moral and ethical dilemma within you. Like, should they put something over them so that way they're not dying on the sideline, or should they keep the competitive advantage? Because 
if once it gets to the wintertime and it's a blizzard in Buffalo, you don't see you're not gonna see Stefan Diggs, you know, saying anything for against Buffalo for the opposing team. Apparently the Bills had a tent boy. They had a tent boy going around and putting a tent over the starters <laughs> and everything to make sure they were good. It's not quite as uh, lavish as Jerry Jones and his heated benches that he oh, ships God. out to opposing cold teams, but it's still something. That was week three football. It is time to get into week four NFL football. Ooh. It is time for Ricks versus Gricks. Life. Death. Time, space, forget everything you think you know, put your money on the line. It's time for Ricks versus Gricks. Gricks? It's time for week four NFL. Ricks versus Gricks, it's been fun this year. Uh, last week, I went three and three on my picks scott went two and four so far for the season we've done two of these already i am seven and five scott is five and seven that's still pretty pretty fucking great when it comes to batshit insane nfl games and right. where and where we go in some of these picks uh we got a brand new slate of six games to choose from and i'm going to start with the denver broncos who are I'm going to call a deceptive two and one. The Denver Broncos two and one are at the Las Vegas Raiders, who are zero and three, which I'll call a deceptive zero and three two. This is the most deceptive game of the week, one of many actually. The Raiders are two and a half point favorites at home. Scott, who do you have? Do I have to pick? <laughs> that was my first question. You don't that's, have to say it's for real, but <laughs> that's my very first note on my. Um, on this game is ill. Don't want to pick either. <laughs> we didn't talk about it, but that Broncos 49ers game on Sunday night is one of the worst to have ever been played on a Broncos. Oh, so <laughs> bad. But like you said, like the Broncos are a sneaky two and one. The Raiders looking rough right now. Zero and three. You already have people calling for Josh McDaniels' head on the spike at this point. Um, I'm gonna take the lesser of two evils because I've been burnt so many times from the Raiders. I'm gonna go Broncos, and I, I got some in Hackett we trust. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, like you said, people are calling for, I mean, people have been calling for Hackett's head, even in a win. <laughs> They're calling for McDaniel's head <laughs> with, you know, an incredible three losses to start. That is not an 0-3 talent team. Like, there is too much talent on that team to be 0-3 right now. I right. Don't I don't I mean, see a huge blockbuster acquisition of Devonte Adams, and he just been right. he's been be able to do more, and he's been averaging like a good like four catches, like it's been like a four catches, thirty six yards, and like a touchdown or two touchdowns. So he's still looking all right in fantasy, but he should be doing a lot better. Um, right. I am actually taking the Raiders on this one. I'm going, I'm, I'm going with the law of averages here that they have to get away. <laughs> get a win i believe in a win at home <laughs> i don't believe in the broncos just yet but i do think that that offense is going to get a lot more heavy hitting like it's expected there in denver as russell starts to get more chemistry with those receivers he was mm -hmm. off he was really off last week like they barely won 
if it hadn't been for Jimmy G literally walking out of the end zone for for some reason <laughs> doing his best Dan Orlovsky <laughs> giving them that two points but while we're here I wanted to bring up former uh former NFL tackle Tyler Columbus who spent some time with the Denver Broncos he was there when Josh McDaniels was there and he put out a fantastic thread of tweets and this would be Reed Reads. I don't feel like wasting your time with the intro right now. Just call it Reed Reads, and we'll let LeVar Burton off for the week. Tyler Columbus presented in honor of Raiders Week his favorite uh, Josh McDaniel stories, including one was saying, after trading away the young nucleus of our offense, including Jay Cutler, Josh said to the entire team, fellas, don't worry about the quarterback situation. I can turn a high school quarterback into an all-pro. He went on to get Tebow. We saw how that went. He said after completing a training camp with fully padded two-a-days as often as was legal, he hyped up a special reward after practice. It was an ice cream truck and a t-shirt that said Iron Man. Our reward was ice cream. Thanks for the creamsicle. <laughs> he sounds like a high school coach. That's the thing. Like I can remember having that at two-a-days in high school. You'd have, you know, ice cream at the end of like a like a hard day and you'd get like the Iron Man shirts from going to like little weightlifting competition internally with the team and yeah, he sounds like a high school coach. That that all that makes too much sense now. I don't think we had that. we had about 25 slogans painted on the walls. God forbid you forget what the slogan was above the door entering the cafeteria. Josh would call players out in team meetings and ask what each slogan said. If you forgot a single word, ask Chewing. After the season, I had an exit interview with my coach. He spent 10 minutes telling me everything I sucked at, but he looked so depressed and miserable that when he was done, I didn't care what he said about my play. I was concerned for him. He's talking about his O-line coach, not McDaniels. <laughs> Columbus said, Coach, are you all right? Response, that's a hard man to work for. <laughs> Columbus said, so are you coming back? Coach said, hell no. I said, you getting fired or leaving? Coach said, I don't care, but I'm getting the hell out of here. <laughs> that seems to be the Josh McDaniels experience and what they're getting in Vegas. But I'm no, still rolling now, with him this week. No, now that I'm like looking at a picture of him, he gives off like high school football coach, history teacher. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah. He's Maybe that's what he should do. It could be like a Disney Plus uh, show, kind of like that John oh, Stamos God. show, Big Shot. Oh, God, no. Oh, on to my Washington Commanders, who are one and two. They are going up against the Dallas Cowboys and that bad man, Cooper Rush, who are two and one. Dallas are three and a half point favorites. Scott, who do you have? You know what? You smell that in the air? I do. It smells like gasoline. I should check on that. You know what? I think Carson Wentz is going to strike that match because the commander is going to roll into Dallas. Oh! And they're going to walk away with that win because... Oh. No, Washington got embarrassed last week at playing Philly at home. I think this week they're working as hard as they possibly can to find that fire back with them the way they started the season. Um, Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio, they seem to be coaching... The coach is potentially on the hot seat right now, so... Um, and Cooper Rush, I'm going to go, like you said, I'm going to go with law averages. He's 2-0 as a starter right now. He's due to get lo- He's due to it for a loss. 
You're saying everything that I've been feeling. I didn't want to go with the Commanders this week, but I'm I'm feeling better. I I'm feeling am. a lot. I'm feeling a lot better about it than I was with the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't trust Cooper Rush. I'm saying the Commandalorians are going to rise yes. up. They're rising up, Rise baby. Up, baby. Show your face. Show your face. <laughs> I, I believe in the commanders this week. It's just like you said. It's not really so much about the commanders, which I do think that they're going to try and make up for, you know, I think Rivera's going to try to get them back on track. Something's got to give a little bit. But I don't believe in Cooper Rush. The media is hyping him up big time. Like, they're really trying to make this quarterback controversy thing happen between him and Dak Prescott. Even Jerry Jones is trying to make this thing happen. And I just, I'm sure he's going to be, you know, a really solid backup for years to come. Like, he's making so much money off of just these two wins. Everything, this is going to pay for him for years. But he's got to fall apart at some point. This whole team is like this can't this can't keep up, and I'm I'm expecting a good rebound week from Washington. They take Dallas week very seriously. They said something about it on Twitter. Dallas responded and said it's Dallas week every week for us. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, and we're and the Commanders are debuting the black uniforms, black uniforms, black helmet this week. They moved it up because they needed something to give the fans after the last couple of weeks. Excited. <laughs> <laughs> So I believe I believe in them this week. I think they're going to get the win. Um, Jets at Steelers. Jets are one and two. They're visiting the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are also one and two. Pittsburgh is a three-point favorite. Zach Wilson is returning. He is slated to return as the starting quarterback for the Jets after missing the first few weeks with an injury. Scott, who do you got? J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I'm taking Whoa. that. I think all everything that's been coming out of Steelers camp right now is that they have lack of identity on offense. They don't know what they want to do. There's a lot of question marks at quarterback. Do you keep rolling with Trubisky? Do you bring in Pickett? Like, they, I, I think they just, they, they're, they're lost on offense. Thankfully, they have such a stellar defense to help carry them through games like they have been yeah. so far in the season. Mm-hmm. But, no, I, I like the Jets on the road against a very confused Pittsburgh team. I am rolling with you there. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I, did like, I like Zach Wilson coming back in this game. Flacco has played very well in that offense, which mm-hmm. makes me feel very good for Zach Wilson. I think if, Wilson if Flacco can do it. Right. Wilson, who's you know, a little bit more mobile than Joe Flacco. Yes, a little bit. going. I think he'll connect very well with uh, Garrett Wilson if he's healthy. And, uh, you know, the rest of that offense that they've got out there, it's a very solid, sneaky team that they have there. And like you said, Pittsburgh's very confused. I don't think they're going anywhere with Trubisky as the starting quarterback. Uh, I like Pickens. George Pickens has been really great Mm -hmm. if they can get him going a little bit more. But even Najee Harris has been off a little bit. They just need to get something right, and I don't think that's going to happen until they either make a change at offensive coordinator or mm-hmm. Trubisky to pick it. I think Trubisky to pick it happens first. I actually predict it to happen after this week. I'm predicting Trubisky to have a shit show. Yeah, I think that's gonna I, that should be like the the spark plug. I feel like that would get that Pittsburgh offense going is because we've seen Trubisky what he can do in his time in Buffalo, yeah. his time in Chicago. We know what he he's he's very one dimensional, but you know Pickett will bring that electricity to the field for the players because he was 
damn near damn impressive at Pitt for college. And then it gets the fans excited, and then the players feed off the fans. So I think that's something that Pittsburgh and Tomlin, they, they need to just pull the trigger on and get them in there. After 15 years at Pitt, I think Pickett has shown us that he can, uh, <laughs> he can play the position pretty well. Chicago Bears, Emily Sissel's Chicago Bears. They are 2-1. and one. They are visiting the New York Giants, who are also 2-1. and one. The Giants are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Scott, who's taking it? Uh this is another one of those games I feel is going to be very low scoring. I think yeah. it's going to be very run heavy because one, Justin Fields can't pass the ball to save right. his life. That's and, been concerning. Right. Let's see. That's the reason why I'm going with the Giants. I need to see a lot more yeah. out of Fields as a passer. Um, and then uh, Saquon Barkley has been playing out of his goddamn mind this season. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good for him. I mean, had that very very bad knee injury a couple years back you know he came back last season no one really thought he had he was going to be go go back to his old form but so far this year he's looking really good it just took a getting healthy for him to get back in place and they're even talking now about some potential trade rumors of barkley to the bills i know boomer esiason is the one you know trying to make that happen but i could see it i don't see the giants giving him a long-term deal because it just doesn't Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense. You're seeing it with Ezekiel Elliott. You saw it with Todd Gurley with the Rams. It's great for Barkley to be good. Run the right. hell out of him. Do like Dallas did with DeMarco Murray. Run the shit out of him and then get him out of there and get something I mean, for him. Right. I mean, he's already averaging on the season six yards a carry right yes. now. Which right. is five is amazing. So if you're hitting six, I mean, that's just wild. I know his 2018-2019 his seasons – um, he was averaging about five yards a carry. And then he had the knee injury. He was out for pretty much all of 2020. Came back for 20, for last year, 2021. Wasn't really up to speed, but I think that had to do more with the inept coaching that the Giants yes. had. Yeah. Um, I really love Brian Dable when he's doing with the Giants and his utilization of Saquon. So hopefully he keeps the ball rolling. I like Dable a lot. I like their GM that they got from Buffalo too. I like it's smart mm-hmm. to take from that organization. I think that organization has built itself up so well in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. That is the one to look towards and you know model yourself after. Daniel Jones not looking bad. He's always been you know pretty average and serviceable. Yeah, he's very Tannehill in Miami esque, and he can do well right. with that team. They did just lose Sterling Shepard to a torn ACL, so they actually have to get their money's worth out of Kenny Galladay. Who, it's, it's, been very, it's been very notable. I think they owe him either 18 million or 21. That's wild. I saw conflicting numbers. They owe him that, and he has had two catches so far this season. <laughs> Fucking insane. Awful. It's what happens. But I do. I'm predicting him to break out a little bit this game. I think he's going to do perform okay. well. Uh, yeah, I think Kenny Galladay is going to perform well. I think the Giants are going to win this. I'm taking them. Like you said, I want to really like and believe in Justin Fields. I want him to succeed. I like the kid a lot, but mm-hmm. he is not looking good for Chicago mm-hmm. this year. It is looking really rough. And they just lost David Montgomery for mm-hmm. maybe a week, maybe or maybe a little more. And one thing that Justin Fields, it's it's he's it's a self-inflicted thing that he's doing. He's starting to separate, make that divide between him and like the Chicago faithful now with yes. all with the statements that he had <laughs> coming right. out right. against the fans. Like, dude, they're they're trying to support you. They're trying to be you know fans of the game and of the team, and you're just he's doubled down on that. 
Yeah, he's doubled down on that, which is weird. I wouldn't have picked that to come from him. And it's not like this is necessarily his fault. It's a weird there's, hill to die on. Yeah, there's no receivers there. The team didn't really do much to build around them this year. They would have benefited from, you know, doing something like Buffalo. Or maybe not, you know, letting your actual number one receiver in Allen Robinson get away and go join a stacked Rams team. And he can do but, it now. Allen Robinson just coast. He doesn't have to ex- worry about it. Exactly. So... Yeah, I don't believe in the Bears, even though they are 2-1, and one, and I think uh, Matt Eberfluss is a good coach. I don't think they're going to get it done without David Montgomery and having to rely solely on Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Next up, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are also 2-1. and one. They are visiting the Philadelphia Eagles, who are 3-0. and oh. Philadelphia is a 6.5-point favorite at home against a hot Jaguars team, I guess hot. This is also Coach Doug Peterson's first game back in Phillies. He's the Super Bowl winning coach for the Eagles. It's his first game back since getting fired. Who do you have, Scott? You spell that again? <laughs> it smells like it smells like cheesesteaks. Uh oh. The victory cheesesteak that Dougie P is going to be bringing on the plane. Crap game. Philly has been looking amazing so far yes. this year um i we talked about it you know recently um and just looking at the remaining schedule for, for philadelphia and i was looking on there and i really didn't see any teams that they should be really afraid of as far as potentially losing and i think they <coughs> are going to walk into this game it's at home it's jacksonville they're not going to really play them seriously and jacksonville's going to come out hot and they're going to keep it up they've been playing i, I i'm calling uh, this is going to be one of the upsets of the week I really wanted to go with Jaguar with the Jaguars there. I really wanted to take that upset because I do believe in it. They've been playing very well. But again, Eagles are holy shit. Really good. Super dominant. Their defense is stellar. Jalen Hurts is killing it right now. He's finally gotten uh Devontae Smith going at the number mm-hmm. two. A Heisman winning wide receiver in his second year paired up he is the number two receiver next to aj brown that offense is looking great i just can't i'm not going to doubt them and we need to separate ourselves a little bit but thankfully i already had the eagles picked on my right. list i'm taking the eagles. no and jacksonville really impressed me last week traveling across the country playing the chargers in la yeah. beating them 38 to 10 i mean you had yes. right i mean you had robinson going 17 for 100 in a touchdown you had yeah. Travis uh, ETN going 13 for 45 and Trevor Lawrence looking really, really good in that backfield against what would some would say a, one of the top secondaries and def- defenses in, in the chargers. I mean, went 28 for 39 for 260 and three touchdowns, zero sacks. I, that game, that's what is kind of propelling me and they can, they can take that and roll it into another on the road game against Philly. Plus it finally helps that they have a good coach. And they mm-hmm. got Trevor Ace, very solid coach, and Doug Peterson. I always thought it was, you know, it was a weird ending to that in Philly. I never thought Dougie P was very a bad strange. coach. And very strange. He died on the hill defending Jalen Hurts over Carson Wentz, which is what they exactly what Howie Roseman and the Eagles ended up doing. I still think Howie Roseman's a good GM too. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe they just needed a little bit of change, and it was the monkey's paw curling. Now Philly's really back at it with their frat boy of a coach in Nick Sirianni. <laughs> um, he but, fits it just well in Philadelphia. Oh, he fits it perfectly. 
that should be a very fun game. You brought up the Chargers too. What's what do you think is going to happen with them? Because I'm smelling, I'm, I'm smelling Sean Payton to the Chargers at the end of the season. Brandon oh, Staley God. is making some questionable choices. Yeah, he's being really silly. I mean, the Chargers have so much talent on that team. I mean, yeah, Ridiculous. they got bit, uh, right. And it's like, yeah, you got bit by the injury bug with everything going on with Justin Herbert right now, but uh, he's with the amount of pain that he should be in with that rib injury. I'm shocked that he still even went out there and threw for 300 yards last week. Um, it's, it's the fact that they left for, him in. Right. I think the one thing that they need to get going is that r- the rush because their running game last week was non-existent. Yeah. Nobody was there. Um, yeah, they need to turn it around, especially in, in a very competitive AFC West where it's going to be close between all four teams and they're starting the season off at one and two right now. They, they need right. to pick it up. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah, and it's only going to get maybe a little worse because they just lost Joey Bosa to injury. They lost uh, their starting right tackle, Rashawn Slater, to injury. It's rough. It's rough on that side of L.A. Mm-hmm. Finally, we have the Buffalo Bills, who are 2-1. and one. They are on the road at Baltimore against the Ravens, who are 2-1. and one. Buffalo, are, they are a three-point road favorite. Who do you have here in our game of the week? I'm. This is going to be consecutive road games for the Bills. They had their first loss that week in Miami. We just talked about that a little bit ago. They're still banged up on defense, and Lamar is playing for that new contract, betting on himself, yeah. being you know the top quarterback in the league so far this season. I'm going Ravens at home. Okay. And, and it's going to be a shootout. It's going to be high-scoring shootout. I think the Ravens are going to trust the uh, – the foot of Justin Tucker to win that game. It's not a bad foot to trust. I am closing this out by going against you again. I'm taking the Buffalo Bills on the road. Wow. Like you said, it's going to be a shootout and a lot of defensive injuries to the Bills, a lot of defensive injuries to the Ravens too. They're Mm -hmm. still trying to catch up on that front. And I'm taking Josh Allen the ball out here. I'm not, I don't, I I'm taking him and Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis to have a rebound week after everything that just went down in Miami. And they still played a hell of a game against Miami in that, mm-hmm. in those conditions, those awful conditions. I think that they will be feeling a little lighter. It's like when you have, like you're, you're wearing like weighted ankle, those like <laughs> ankle weights and shit and you take them off. And then all of a sudden you're like, you feel faster than ever. You're not really that much faster, but you're feeling better. I feel like that's the same after getting away from that Miami weather and that Miami sun. You're going to go to Baltimore. It's going to feel so much better. Actually, it might feel like shit. I don't know if the rain's going to be hitting them from these storms. Probably should consider that before making bets. But thankfully, I didn't actually make a bet on this yet. Well, well, it should be interesting because both these teams had a very much, very much so a back and forth game against Miami where Miami came out as being the victor. So it should be interesting to see what these two teams do against each other now. I've been seeing all the top five, Stephen A. Smith's top five, Mike Florio's top five, Mina Kimes' top five, all of these top fives, so many of them. I think the official ESPN top five is Miami Dolphins at number one after these wins. Do you also have the Dolphins as the number one team in the NFL? I'm going to go no, no. No, no. I think my number one right now would. <laughs> well, see, that's what's crazy because, like, 
I don't know if they're basing it off of just record or if they're just because everyone has different hot takes and different justifications behind it. Um, if I were to take a number one, I would probably go with. Oh, man, there's just so much goddamn parity in the league right now. There's really no one that's really ahead. It comes down to Miami and Philly. I'm going to edge it out to Philly just by a hair. I think I would have to agree with you. I My number one right now is actually Kansas City. They're, they're looking sneaky strong to me. I know that they just gave up, uh, you know, gave up a game to the Indianapolis Colts. But they mostly lost that to the Colts defense. Right. Not so much, not so much the Colts offense. I mean, Matt Ryan did lead a good drive, but they have some injuries on their defense. Right. I can't no. doubt Mahomes, who's looking pretty strong without Tyreek Hill still. Right. Well, and like another reason I'm kind of like edging Miami out against or I well, I'm edging Philly out against Miami just by a little bit because I mean Miami on the season only has a plus 19 point differential on the season right. so far. Mm-hmm. And Philly is 36 points over at, at this point. Um you can make the argument with Buffalo at plus 53 on the season and Jacksonville plus 46 on the season, but a lot of the Buffalo points came from a really bad <laughs> <laughs> a really terrible matchup um, yeah. against the Titans in week two. And yeah. then the, the blowout win against the Rams. So, um, no, that's why I'm, I'm just going to – I could see Kansas City, especially in a very in soft AFC where anybody could come out of that. Um, they just need to catch fire at the right time. And you're right about Miami with the point differential there. Like, as they're great as the games, conf- But they're winning it by so close. I mean, they, yeah. beat, they beat Buffalo by two. They beat the Ravens by four, and then they had the one win in the week one against the against the Patriots for twenty to seven. So they're and close know, winning games. I know two has had these wins, but I still don't totally trust him. I'm willing to I'm willing to get burned by uh, Dolphins Twitter and two and on on this. I'm still not totally trusting him. Two, I'm rooting for him. Two but... and on. I just realized what he just. <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't totally trust them, but they are scary because I feel like they still have not gotten to fully figure out what how to utilize Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle to the best extent. I mean, they're not even, do it's going to be tough. Once I mean, they're not even out. doing anything with Mike Gesicki because he doesn't fit Mike McDaniel's offensive uh-huh. scheme. Like Gesicki is basically a number two tight end, even though he's a star receiving tight end, uh-huh. uh, and they have no run game. Imagine if they were able to like trade for Barkley and oh, add that oh, to the Mike McDaniel's San Francisco 49ers kind of Shanahan style run. That would uh, be scheme. wild. Oh, it'd be insane. Oh, speaking of the Niners and all these other teams, we have plenty of games to pick. As you know, we have NFL players like Stefan Diggs making deals with DraftKings to promote them and promote gambling, while Calvin Ridley is on a NFL house arrest on a one-year suspension for doing one of the worst parlays mankind has ever seen. <laughs> we have here at 323 the Calvin Ridley Memorial Betting Slip, a.k.a. Scott's Locks. Yes, that Kenny Rogers music always gets you going. Oof. So smooth. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no, like, like we've talked about the last couple weeks, 15-game parlay, picking the winner straight money line each and every game except for Thursday, so I can actually enjoy the Thursday game. Simple $10 bet to win you X amount this week. $10 will win you a grand total of 
$165,322.72. Low money this week, folks. You might have a chance. <laughs> hey, you never know. Gotta roll the dice sometime. But yeah, just get into it. Uh, Minnesota at New Orleans in London. Taking Minnesota on a, both a road game with that. Uh, Tennessee at Indianapolis. Battle of the Bell Cows. Jonathan Taylor versus Derrick Henry. I'm going to go Indy at home. So, uh, we they're starting to get about, hot now, I think. Say it one more time. I said they're starting, they're starting to get hot now, I think. Starting to catch fire. Yeah, no, yeah. that game last week, I think that's what they were kind of, they really needed to keep pushing them forward. Uh, the the poopy, poopy game of the week, Chicago at New York Jets, or Giants. We already talked about that a little bit ago. New York Giants. Buffalo at Baltimore, going Baltimore. Uh, Chargers at Houston. Um, I see the Chargers bouncing back. Another week for Herbert to get healthier. Another week for the defense to regather themselves after that embarrassing loss at home against Jacksonville. Um, this is going to be probably the most exciting game for me to watch this week. The Hall of Famer himself, Geno Smith, in Seattle on the road against Dan the Man Campbell in Detroit. Hell yeah. But I'm going Detroit. I, I in Detroit. Detroit is my my wild card sneaky pick of the year. So we're going to keep riding that train as long as we can go. Uh, Jets at Pittsburgh. We're going to go with Jets. Uh, upset of the week: Jacksonville over Philly in Philly. Um, another very terrible, gross matchup. Cleveland on the road against the Falcons. Uh, we're going to go Falcons on the road because I don't want to give Cleveland anything this year. Um, shitty game. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible game. game. <laughs> horrible game. That'd probably be the lowest viewed game this week. Um, another upset of the week. Washington over Dallas in Dallas. Book it. Hell um, yeah. Another very gross game. Arizona at Charlotte. You even going to watch that game? No, I thought about I thought about putting that on the thing, and I was just looking at it. I was like, I can't think of a worse matchup to really <laughs> just, try and analyze. Uh, I, oh, Initially, I was going to go take Carolina um, at home, but right now there's some injury concerns with McCaffrey. Shocker. Always. So uh, so I flipped it to Arizona. Um, Going to take them on the road. I guess Kyler can't take his Xbox everywhere. Um, Denver <laughs> at Las Vegas. Uh, we're going to go Denver. Uh, New England at Green Bay. Very chalk pick. Green Bay at home. Um... Kansas City at Tampa, talked about it a little bit ago. Um, the game is going to be remaining in Tampa Bay. Um, Tom Brady and that Tampa Bay offense is looking very pedestrian this season so far. I don't know what they need to do. I think it was reported that Tom Brady broke two Microsoft tab services last week okay. <laughs> on the sideline. So um, He's up there with Ken Dorsey, the Bills offensive coordinator. <laughs> that that, that went off. is so funny. Oh, Favorite funny. part of that video was somebody on the side as he's destroying everything. Somebody's hand just like comes over and just <laughs> <laughs> swipes that camera away. <laughs> I'm glad you picked that up too because I, I thought I was seeing things when I saw that. But folks, we're going Tampa Bay at home against Kansas City. They Tampa Bay is being rattled right now by rain, by storm, by flood. They got a band together right now, and Tom Brady is going to bring that win and make that and make sure Tampa Bay can have some kind of sunlight going from on. his home in miami from his home <laughs> uh some would have said one of the more marquee matchups leading into the season rounding out the rest of the week the rams on the road against san francisco both teams looking pretty average i mean yeah, they both have their they both have their their qualms right now but i'm gonna go rams on the road against san francisco 
Can't really doubt that. I mean, it comes down to who I trust more, Sean McVay or Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo. That's true. And I don't know, the 49ers just haven't really shown much of they anything. They haven't wowed me at all. You know what they're going to do with Debo Samuel, so teams are game planning for that. Uh, yep. Continued running back injuries. Yeah, not really an exciting matchup. And the Rams are just meh. Because you know what they're going to do with Cooper Cup, so game plan for him. Right. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Those there. offenses that the Rams have a lot more offensive weapons than San Francisco. Once you, you know, negate one corner, like one key player on that offense. Right. I like it. You know what? I think big money could actually be won this weekend. I'm yeah, trusting you. So. I'm, I'm believing in you. <laughs> Patriots Packers. That's going to be kind of a shit game too. Because mm-hmm. I'm just imagining that Packers kind of mid offense against Belichick's Belichick always, no matter who's on his team, can scheme a great defense and right. a great effort to take somebody away from your offense. But then on the other side, you got fucking seventy year old Brian Hoyer uh, jumping in the fray, possibly for right. a potentially injured Mac Jones, who nobody really can tell how hurt he is, but he looked he looked pretty awful coming off the field right i mean i don't think he was anywhere even near media access today after practice so i have a very strong inclination that he's not going to be playing and then potentially don't have jacoby myers out there either with his oh yeah that's right yeah that's gonna be bad that's gonna be bad for the patriots yeah there's been the reports that you know belichick is you know keeps saying that uh mac jones is day-to-day could possibly play this week and then reports are coming from Mac Jones' side saying that Jones wants to, you know, be cautious with this. He might be out four to six weeks. Belichick well, thinks it's day to day. Well, that's the thing that you see time and time again, especially with ankle injuries like that. Those things tend to linger on if you don't just let it do its thing. Let it yeah. heal. Just if you push it too hard, ask CMC and how, how those ankle injuries can linger on for the whole season. And, you know, if, with everything going on right now in New England and their lack of success after Tom Brady left, and you know, you want the legacy of Bill Belichick to remain top tier, you need a quarterback. Exactly. Who do you trust more, Mac Jones or Brian Hoyer at this point? Might as well go and re-sign Cam Newton at this point. <laughs> Just take his, uh, take his off-color comments about women, you know, in stride. And oh God! Let him, let him throw about five yards further than Brian Hoyer. Outside of that game, it's going to be a fun weekend, folks. You're going to have a lot. It's going to be a lot with college. It's going to be a lot with the NFL. And we will definitely get back to you with how well I did in my picks this week. And, uh, you know, just continuing to scorch the grit over here. Scott Elia. I know. I know. (laughs) But you never know. Things are weird. Jaguars are weird. They might bite me in the ass. We'll find out. For now, though. I appreciate you being here, Scott the Grick Elia. I appreciate you. I appreciate you listeners for listening to the show. Wherever you're listening to it, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe, as the Philly Captain John McCann would say. Rate, like, and subscribe to the show. Talk to you later. Follow us, 323 Network, on YouTube. You will be able to see some more, including a bonus top five from Zuhair Ali about his favorite things about Philadelphia. And we continue to grow, you know, that love affair between him and John McCann. We got a lot of great things for you. We will talk to you after (laughs) this week. (laughs) 
For now, I'm your host, Reed Murphy. Stay safe, everybody. Really, stay safe. And, you know, thoughts and prayers with the Florida and coastal area as this hurricane moves through. Yeah, those in the southeast right now, there's plenty of football on this weekend. Don't go anywhere. Just stay exactly. home. Exactly. Yeah. Stay home. Enjoy the football if you have power and all of that. Just stay safe. We will talk to you later. <laughs>